Firestone by Kygo and Conrad Sewell. Welcome to Anthology Season 2, Volume 3 on 106.9 Tune FM, and I'm joined by Rosie and Jesse. Hi. Um, and that was <laughs> That was super impressive that you managed to synchronize that. We're in sync. What can we say? Oh, it's just it's just magic. It's just the connection. Yeah, it's the power of theater. You just learn how to be in sync with people. Yeah, constantly. Well, tell us a little bit about yourselves and your experience in theater. Rosie, after you, you go Jesse? You're after Rosie, I think. Oh, okay. Um, hi, so I'm Rosie. <laughs> um, Established. Yes. Um, I started doing theatre because I used to dance a lot. So I've been a dancer since I was like four or something. So I started doing theatre because I like stopped dancing so I really missed performing. So just came to UNE, started doing theatre, been in a few cool things like, I don't know, love and information, I was speaking in tongues, that was fun. Um, the most recent would be Some Explicit Polaroids and Blackrock, where I assistant directed and choreographed dancey things and got to like dance again and then yeah. Dancey cool things character. is a technical term. Yeah, yeah. It, it really is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my name is Jesse. Uh, I did theatre because I was one of those guys in high school that couldn't really do much else. Um, <laughs> Fair reason. <laughs> uh, I took, I'm a bit older than everybody else. I took a break and was like, oh, I'll try and do some stuff in Sydney. And then that didn't work out. Became a personal trainer for a couple of years. And now I'm here. Came here to be a teacher. And theatre was a part of that. And then that had that magical moment where you do your first year of theater units, you just go, oh, this is so much better than teaching. For me anyway. It really is. Oh my God. <laughs> Sorry to any education <laughs> students listening. Yeah, no, 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 uh, no foul play or anything. Like teaching's great. I just thought, oh man, I can either do a bunch of paperwork and like mold children or mold I can act children. like a clown on stage. I chose to be the clown. Uh, you're probably going to get a lot of overlap in, in like what, what we've all done. Um, my most recent uh, roles was also uh, some explicit Polaroids and uh, Blackrock. I was actors in, I was an actor in both of those and an assistant director in Blackrock as well, focusing on uh, mostly fight choreography and male chorus stuff and a touching on a little bit of scene work. Awesome. Well, those will be useful skills that we'll come back to in one of our discussions a bit later. Woo. Um, well, as is tradition, we're going to start off with uh, a bit of theatre news for all of the people who are keen to get out and see some theatre Exciting! at this point. And I'm going to start in Sydney uh, this week. Um, and Sydney, you're the one getting absolutely nothing this week because Melbourne got absolutely nothing last week. So, <laughs> Sydney, I'm just here to remind you for the third week in a row that School of Rock, Billy Elliot and HMS <laughs> Pinafore are on. <laughs> But we do have some news that Shrek is coming soon. Shrek oh, the Musical's okay. uh, coming up pretty pretty soon. I think it opens in January. I would have to double check exact dates. Um, but that's pretty exciting. I've seen some videos from their uh, rehearsals. Oh, and yeah. that'll, that'll be a load of fun. But let's, uh, let's, let's stop talking about the musicals that we've been talking about for weeks now and turn our attention to Melbourne because there's two shows I want to uh, give a bit of a plug, mainly because... They're, they're not running for much longer. First up is Faust at the State Theatre in Melbourne. Ooh. Yeah, it's, uh, it's Sir David McVicker's grand production, which sets the opera in 1870s Paris. Yeah. Uh, so that one, tickets are still on sale, but it closes very soon. So you might want to get along to that. Speaking of the State Theatre, uh, going on at the same time, I don't know how they're managing this. Oh, wow. But uh, Turandot is also on. It's uh, another opera. Huh. 
I and it's a it's a classic production of Puccini's famous final opera, and tickets are also on sale for it. But once again, it does close soon. If you're more of a musical theater person, I will remind you again: Kiss of the Spider Woman and Come From Away, and Chicago is coming to Melbourne soon. Nice. Um, so that's that's your little coming soon. Now, to obviously the most important city, uh, Armadale, because I was Toronto. <laughs> t- Toronto is Toronto. pretty important as well. Um, but Armadale, now we said this last week, we've picked a really bad time of year to start this show again. <laughs> um, because there's barely anything to talk about because yeah. everything is still months away. Um, but a couple of things that are kind of theatre and then one, of course, that we've, we're going to be talking about for quite a bit of time yet. First, of, first up, kind of theatre, January 24th, if you've got some kids who are keen to go along and see a show, Abracadabra, uh, which is the ultimate children's magic show, is on at the Armadale City Bowling Club. 24th of January at 11am, one show only. Uh, it is free to go to that. We're not going. So I want to go. The, the look on Rosie's face <laughs> right now. She's, it's, it's pure delight. Pure delight. It's magic. It is magic. How can you not want to go? <laughs> it's, uh, it's Magic Jake, who's a touring magician. Uh, and he's one show. Only, it's not me. <laughs> <laughs> it's one show only Friday, the 24th of January, free at the Armadale City Bowling Club. Uh, I'll talk about the other thing before I talk about this, because I've actually got things to say about that. Um, the other thing that has popped up is uh, get ready for Sleeping Beauty at the Capitol Theatre down in Tamworth. Oh. Because they're doing uh, the, the the Moscow Ballet is oh, doing That's awesome. Um, Sleeping Beauty in April next year at the Capitol Theatre in Tamworth. That's um, exciting. There is a Facebook event page. I haven't been quick enough with my on-air typing to find out if it's uh, actually see, tickets are on sale yet. But uh, go and find out. There's a Facebook event and you can get there through the Capitol Theatre website. And, of course, we're going to be talking about it for weeks to come. 13th of February is the opening for Spring Awakening by Little Fish down at the Armadale Showground. Hell yeah, it is. Hell yeah. <laughs> Jesse, you've been involved with Little Fish, haven't you? Yeah, I'm in that show. You're in Spring Awakening as well. Yeah. Ooh, is that spoilers? Uh, no, 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 no. It's all good. I think I think it's all good. Ooh. Shit. Ooh. <laughs> can you give a sneaky, sneaky little, little preview? Uh... No. <laughs> no. Uh, no. Because okay. I don't believe I could do that off the cuff to the quality that my director would want. <laughs> we'll just tell people to get their tickets. Yeah, do, get your tickets. It's it's going to be great. Um, they, they're 100% going to sell out real quick. Oh, yeah, they are. Well, um, I went to Chicago last year. Jesse was in Chicago last year. Yes, I, I was. I was not hallucinating. Um, <laughs> I had longer hair. It was fine. Yeah. That's, I can understand the confusion. Yeah, well, it was an excellent show. Um, Little Fish really put on some high-quality stuff, mm. so it I, I can guarantee you it will be very high-quality and you'll really enjoy it. Um, we'll take a quick little uh, look around some of the things that are going on, a little bit closer to home, but uh, not in Armadale necessarily. Uh, first of all, we're going to be hearing about this later. It takes a village at uh, the Coffs Harbour Jetty Memorial Theatre. Now, it opens tomorrow night at 7 p.m., and it's also on Friday night at 7 p.m. It's a musical variety show um, done by the people at the Naidu Performing Arts Company, uh, and it's it's going to feature some of the uh, some songs from some of your favorite musicals like Dear Evan Hansen and Spring Awakening. Hey, hey. So... uh, 
I believe, yeah, tickets are still on sale. Uh, it opens tomorrow night at 7, and it's also on Friday night, so get along to that one. We'll hear from, I uh, was fortunate enough to talk to some of the cast and crew there, so we'll be hearing from them a little bit later in the show. Uh, some other things that I probably should have been going to the Facebook event page before I started saying that there were some other things. Retrospective. It's uh, in Tamworth, 7th of December at uh, Trek, the Tamworth Regional Entertainment and Conference Centre. For those who don't... Shrek. <laughs> at Shrek, yes. At the Shrek Center. What are you doing in my swamp? <laughs> what are you doing in my shoe? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not at Shrek, it's at Trek. Um, on Greg Norman Drive, if you don't know where that is. Um, it's the T- Tamworth City Dance Academy celebrating uh, 10 years, and they're putting on a bit of a show there. It'll be performed by over 400 students oh, from their studios in Tamworth and Corindai. So uh, that'll be that'll be a load of fun. Uh, tickets are on sale for that as well. That's this weekend. Where's my calendar in the my head the seventh is sunday seventh is sunday yes magical you guys saturday saturday it's oh, saturday at 2 30 um and then the last little show that i've got to talk about is the nutcracker more ballet for you rosie oh. uh, <laughs> sydney city ballet is bringing the nutcracker to port macquarie on the 15th oh, yeah. of december That's so um 15th of December is next. Oh, you mean Port Macquarie. It's so far away. It's next week, Rosie. <laughs> Jesus. That's a um, long time to wait. That's at the, the Glass House Theatre. Tickets are still on sale for that. They're doing two shows, but they're both on the same day. Um, oh, wow. So 3 o'clock and 7 o'clock on the 15th of December. So if any of those things appeal to you, get your tickets now because they're all going to be a lot of fun. Rosie, which one are you going to? Um... I honestly want to go to the one in Port Macquarie. So, so Jesse, let's do is it. That, is that a hint for you, Jesse? Yeah, you gotta... that's, a, that's a hint, hint, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge, your family lives around there. They do, they do, in fact. Port Macquarie road trip. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Maybe. Actually, that'd be a little bit difficult at the moment. Unfortunately, the roads are still... Also, uh, we don't have cars or licenses. So, yeah. hey, Jake, want to drive? <laughs> <laughs> want to go see some ballet? <laughs> I hear Waterfall Way is still open. Unfortunately, I'm in Queensland on the 15th, oh. so... <laughs> Um, love to. <laughs> Maybe if you'd started walking about now, you'd arrive on time. <laughs> well, you're listening to Anthology on 106.9 Tune FM. Um, I'm going to play a song. Now, I have mentioned this musical. Let's see if these guys can guess it. Um, I'm playing a song from a musical that I've mentioned in the news okay. today. Ooh. Ooh. This Which is, music? Just I don't expect you to guess the song. Just This is either going to be very hard or like or embarrassingly easy and i'm still gonna get it wrong same okay what musical is it have have it guess and then i'll give you a hint but you haven't played it yet <laughs> guess the musical i've mentioned it i've only mentioned like five musicals i'm just gonna say spring awakening i was gonna say it's shrek not spring it is shrek ah yes <laughs> rosie rosie wins uh you'll listen Rosie wins the donkey pop. (laughs) (laughs) You're listening to 106.9 Tune FM, and this is I Think I Got You Beat from Shrek the Musical. There are things you don't know, you know, about me, about how rough I had it. What, in that cushy tower of yours? Cushy? Are you kidding? I had nothing in that tower, fighting boredom by the hour. Princess Lonely, walking circles, I had only 
bare essentials army cot a hot plate and a chamber pot and every morning i would boil it no choice i had no toilet just a view of devastation out one window isolation in my bedroom and very little headroom 20 years i sat and waited i'm very dedicated on the walls the days were added Lock golly those walls were padded so i think i got you beat i think i got you beat yeah 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 i think i got you beat i think i got you beat oh you think so that was a sad story but I've heard better, I'm just saying A for effort, thanks for playing Sad to see a princess suffer But I had it rougher Like that time a mob with torches Burned my britches, see the scorches You're just whiny I had a flaming hiney As I fled I had to wonder If I were torn asunder Would an ogre go to heaven? Did I mention I was seven? So I think I got you beat I think I got you beat Yeah, 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 yeah I think I got you beat I think I got you beat No warm regards No Christmas cards And every day Was hell on Earth Day Okay, cop this I missed my prom My dad my birthday. I was sent away on Christmas Eve. Yeah. 
You're listening to Anthology on 106.9 Tune FM. That was I Think I Got You Beat from Shrek the Musical, and I'm here with Jesse and Rosie. Hey, hey. And I actually said the opposite names when I pressed the buttons to turn your mics on. Hey, hey. (laughs) You're now Rosie and you're now Jesse. Hi. (laughs) Hi, guys. (laughs) Something about dancing. Martial arts, am I right? Oh, ballet. <laughs> Kicking people. Mmm. Yeah. I'm blonde. <laughs> I'm also blonde. <laughs> blonde people. I have bangs. Well, we're going to be talking a little bit about, since we've been hyping up Spring Awakening, since it's like the closest we've got to an upcoming show. <laughs> it is upcoming. Tickets are on sale, by the way. Get yep. them. Um, Get them while they're hot. We're, to- we're going to talk a little bit about acting in a more professional setting. So all of us, uh, if you're a theatre student, you're going to be doing a lot of acting as part of your assessments, and you're also going to probably be doing some community theatre here and there. But when you need to take that step up, um, which luckily I've got some people who are experienced in both acting and uh, assistant directing as well, um, there's different expectations from um a director and you need certain skills to be able to translate into uh into into that world so tell us guys as assistant directors what kind of things do you expect from your actors i guess like the first, the the biggest one is uh preparedness i don't know if that's actually mm. a word <laughs> I, I think Pre- it's preparation yeah, I think um, words. I think like the biggest the biggest difference between what you do in uh, amateur theater and like productions and stuff, particularly here as well, is you've got such a massive time frame. Mm. You know, it's even though you don't you know, you don't have a, you sp- don't spend a lot of time rehearsing, uh, but you spend you you spend about twelve weeks doing it. So a lot of your character work, a lot of your prep can happen sort of during the process, and you're getting a lot of a lot of feedback, a lot of input from your director, from your creative directors where you know a lot of in, in more professional senses you really get, you, you really show up and it's like all right we have four weeks of five hour rehearsals five days a week to really get this going so you gotta you gotta show up with your research done or at least a lot of it you know ready to go with a lot of character ideas so you have something to work off with your director straight away yeah i, th- I think a large part of that preparation as well is a kind of emotional preparation like so if you're doing a really intense scene or something you've got to have been in your own head and thought about how you're going to deal with it and how you're going to make that kind of separation between yourself and the character, which is something that only you can do. Like a director and an assistant director can help you finding the right techniques to do that, but it's really up to you to look after yourself emotionally during the process. Hmm. Interesting. Don't want any cheeky breakdowns on set. (laughs) No. (laughs) So, Jesse, you worked with uh, Little Fish, of course. Yep. Tell me a little bit about what you found different about the way a production company like that works compared to, say, doing an assessment performance. Uh, I think what I said before is that, that another another biggest thing is there's really it's there's a, it's a much more intense time commitment um, mm. for one thing. You know, I feel like when you're in, when you're doing a university production, it feels like a really really intense time commitment because you're doing that show and maybe another show and like and you're um having to do other units at the same time it's 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 really quite intense so it's it's such a different experience to to rock up and you've got five hours rehearsal that day you'll go home dead tired and then you've got to be ready the next day to do to do that again uh i think there's also 
uh, I don't know really how to word it. It's not, you're, you're expected to do more and you're expected to be able to take more criticism without uh, without someone being nice to you, I guess. You know, there's, there's an aspect of when you're doing theater here that when someone's gonna give you criticism, when someone's going to, to work with you, to direct you, because there's such a, uh, such a wide range of skills and um, you know, desires to, to, to do it. The, you, 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 you choose your words a little more lightly. Working with Little Fish and with, with productions that have such a limited time frame, there's really no time for that. So it's, if you're doing something wrong, they're just like, hey, you're doing that wrong, fix it now. And you're expected to pretty much have that going within the next couple of runs. Excellent. Well, I was fortunate enough on the weekend to have a chat with Amy Roff, who was also involved in Little Fish's uh, Chicago. Oh, God, she's so good. (laughs) And uh, she's been down in Adelaide uh, doing some more musical theatre-based stuff. We'll have a listen to uh, what she had to say when I spoke to her, and we'll be right back to keep talking about this. Hell yeah. You're listening to 106.9 Tune FM, and I'm joined by Amy Roth, who is the star of several productions here in Armadale, including Little Fish uh, Chicago. How are you, Amy? Good, thanks. How are you? I'm really great, thanks. Um, so <laughs> can you tell us what you've been up to in the last year or so if, you've, if people haven't seen you since Chicago? Yeah, I took the big move to Adelaide, and I've been studying... At Adelaide University, studying music theatre at the Elder Conservatorium of Music, which is spearheaded by George Torbay, who's done a lot of work in Armadale as well. That's awesome. And um, we've got Little Fish coming out with another production in February of Spring Awakening. And uh, I'm aware that you know a little bit about that. Can you tell us a bit about what Spring Awakening is? Yeah, um, Spring Awakening is a really amazing musical written by Duncan Sheik. Um, it's a musical that's adapted from a play that was written a very long time ago with some really controversial topics that are still quite relevant today. And um, it's one of those shows that's kind of laid out like a very simple story, but the music is so beautiful. It's like poetry. It's a real treat and it's a really um, changing experience as a theatre goer to, to see it. So um, I'd recommend if, if you do get a chance to see it in Armour, to definitely get along and see it in February. And you, of course, have worked with Little Fish before. What exactly should we expect from Little Fish's production of Spring Awakening? Um, well, this production has um, the same creative team as Chicago. So um, similarly, you can ex- expect a really great night out, um, a really stellar cast. Um, this cast is predominantly made up of local youth, so under 24s, and it's a real showcase of local talent. So I think you can expect to see some, some beautiful singing, some beautiful music by local musicians as well. Um, and just a really great story that Sarah Watson, the director, um, is really going to put forward. She's an awesome director, and I can't wait to see what she has in mind for this show. <laughs> That's awesome. And um, so you've, having worked with uh, Little Fish and now gone down to Adelaide as well, um, talking to our UNE students, what are, you, what are the main differences that you've found working in a slightly more professional environment compared to, say, community theatre like community musicals or just a play being put on uh, out here in, in the in the back street theatres of Armadale? <laughs> um, I suppose in a lot of ways it's really similar. Um, you're still expected to work really hard and um, to put forward your best effort every night and you're also expected to be a part of the show in not just a way that's 
performing but to help backstage and to help other people to help with costumes and we're really lucky in our first show this year in Adelaide um, we have also done spring awakening so I actually know my part quite well which is awesome um, but for our show here we were expected to do production roles as well which I think has really elevated my understanding of of theatre which I didn't quite have in um, the shows in Armadale but I'm really excited to come back and do more shows in Armadale with a better understanding of um, how a show works behind the scenes. So I think that's something that you really learn um, at a probably higher level of theatre. But once again, I, I think some of the best experiences and, and learning experiences you can have is in local theatre to learn how to work together as a team and to put on a good show together. I think that that experience is completely, yeah, um, valuable. And I would ex- hope everyone would give community theatre a go just to have those experiences. That's awesome. And uh, one last question. Um, around the time that Spring Awakening's on, of course, we're going to have, have our um, first year students uh, lining up, getting ready to go for their first year of theatre here at UNE. What awesome. advice would you have for them um, in terms of getting involved in community theatre and making the, the step into theatre in the real world as well? Yeah, um, that's amazing. I, I can't wait to see what they're going to put forward. I'll definitely come and watch the show. I mean, um, I think one of the best pieces of advice I ever got was to have the motto, happy to be here, easy to work with. So <laughs> I think that's um, something you can take into all situations in life. You know, give it your best effort, um, you know, be as easygoing as you can and and um, just enjoy every experience that comes at you. That's the great part about theatre is you never know what's coming next. So I think, um, yeah, just really give yourself over to it and enjoy every experience that you get offered. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Amy. It's been a pleasure to have Thank you. Thank you. And uh, all the best with your with your future in your very exciting future in uh, musical <laughs> theatre. Thanks. I can't wait to see you and everyone else in Armadale. <laughs> you're listening to 106.9 Tune FM. That was Amy Roth, uh, who was, you might have seen her last if you're an Armadalian in Little Fishes, Chicago. We'll get right back to the music. Uh, stay tuned. No, we won't. No, we won't. No, we won't. I need to stop doing that. That's the, <laughs> <laughs> that's the second. That's the second time I've done one of those interviews. And I see that here's, here's some context for people who don't understand how the radio station works. We have we've had an issue where we can't pre-record the interviews unless we also do them live. So I'm like, oh, that's fine. I'll just do them live and then whatever. Someone gets a little bit of a preview or whatever. But um, because I do them live and then we have to go straight back to the music while I fix the recording and everything, I say that at the time because that's what's happening. And then <laughs> and then we get into the show and no, we're not going back to the music. So I, just, I, I love that moment of, oh, excuse me, let me interrupt past me yeah. with <laughs> the real me being like, no, 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 no. That's past not, that's like, not legit anymore. Past, past me is, uh, he, he doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> um, so... We'll just kind of wrap up this this kind of conversation. Uh, another question that I wanted to put to you guys was we talked a little bit about the expectations on actors in a more professional setting, but what about the expectations aside from their actual acting in terms of the way they conduct themselves with uh, the cast yes. and crew? A good question. Um, I think an important one is um, trust, yeah. like trust in each other and trust in your director. Um, like there are a lot of times um, when I was assistant directing BlackRock where I'd be saying to people, all right, now we're going to do this cool physical thing and tell them all these really random movements and sequences to do, which when you say it sounds kind of crazy. <laughs> but, <laughs> it um, did, yes. <laughs> um, 
and then they were I, I think it's that's a big part of it just trusting that you've got to try things out and be open to just new creative ideas that may or may not work and be open to um I guess just trial and error and knowing mm. that it's part of the process no definitely I think being being open to failure is uh might be might be a strong word but it's definitely <laughs> important um uh, for the creative process because yeah. you know you don't you never know something doesn't work till you do it and if, if you don't have the failures, then yeah. you don't have time to build on it more and come up with something better than your original idea. Yeah, definitely. I've always respected. Um, I've always respect, respected directors that I've worked with that can just look at something and go, "No, that was a bad idea. I don't like it. We're just going to scrap it, start again." Mm. Instead of trying to hold on to stuff, you know, it's yeah. always, I, I always feel like I'm making a better product or I'm involved in a better product, product when someone can just say, "I don't think that's working at all. Let's start from the ground up." And if we get to somewhere similar, then we know. That like we know it was the right area, but we we will end up with something better. The the ability to criticize your own ideas. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's fantastic. Well, we might get back to the music, and then we'll be back. Uh, ben hasn't shown up uh, yet to do Damn his it. his <laughs> movie review. Um, I'll do it <laughs> if he if he happens to show up in the next five and a half minutes. We'll do the movie reviews next. If not, we'll talk about random movies. If we could do that. We'll, we'll... I'll review Aladdin. Oh. <laughs> We'll talk ben, about Disney's Aladdin. This is <laughs> Ben, if you're listening, this is a threat. If you're, if you're not here in five and a half minutes, we replace you. <laughs> you're listening to 106.9 Tune FM. This is Anthology Season 2, Volume 3. And this is Lay Your Hands on Me by Dolly Parton.
Lay Your Hands on Me by Dolly Parton. You're listening to Anthology uh, Season 2, Volume 3 on 106.9 Tune FM. Ben, you're fired. Hey, um, hey. No, he'll be here later on. I think he... Normally, I have been doing the movie reviews after 8, so I think he assumed he wasn't needed till 8. Um, so he'll be here later on. We'll talk about uh, movies. I literally just got back from the cinemas a couple of hours ago with a, with a fresh one, and he watched one earlier in the week. I did peek over his shoulder and have a look at it, so it'll be interesting to see if we have different opinions on it. Ooh. But for now, we're going to talk a little bit about It Takes a Village. It's on this week in Coffs Harbour at the Jetty Theatre. It's on tomorrow night and it's on Friday night. Um, and essentially, I'm going to get the page up so I don't accidentally say something that's not true. Um, essentially, it's a musical variety production. Um, it's being put on by students from the Naidu Performing Arts Company and from the Wulgulga Dance Studio. Um, and it's pretty interesting where the idea comes from. But they're putting together a story with uh, a bunch of songs from musicals like Dear Evan Hansen and Spring Awakening and a heap more. Cool. Yeah. It's like a jukebox musical. Yeah. Well, they've they've weaved together a, a, a story out of a, a bunch of uh disassociated songs which that's is pretty impressive really yeah that's really quite impressive i yeah. well like i've got performance essay <laughs> <laughs> performance oh, essay. oh god i hope not <laughs> yeah, um, I, yeah. I wanted to talk to rosie a little bit about um we've been talking last week about uh different performance styles like dance or opera and that sort of thing and the theatrical elements of them so i kind of wanted to use this as a segue to talk to you about the theatrical elements of dance give us a give us a an interpretive Run, dance? Uh, I'm on it. Yes, um, an <laughs> um, interpretive dance that all of our listeners could totally see. Okay, cool. Um, Just move and we'll describe what you're doing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I don't know. I guess dance is a really um, interesting kind of thing that you can use in theatre because it can be so emotive. So I guess so. the audience can read into the movements more than if it was just words because if it's words, it's more kind of spelt out. But if you're doing a movement piece where it's more abstract, then it gives the audience a lot more room to like read into it with their own experiences and own ideas. And so it can be a lot more meaningful. Um, and it's actually really interesting to put um, physical theatre and dance together. And um, there's actually some really cool theatre companies. One of them is called Stalker Theatre Company. Down, um, Actually, it's in Sydney. I thought it was in Melbourne. Anyway, it's in Sydney. And they basically do shows that are all dance and physical theatre, but they tell modern stories. And they're getting really popular because it's so unique and it's a type of art form that everyone can understand because it's all about interpreting it. So, yeah, I think dance is a really good type of thing to use in theatre for more abstract ideas. So I've been really trying to push and plug as a recommendation for if you're maybe if you're a new theatre student or if you're a, already a theatre student here and you're looking for some shows to go to, go to some different stuff. Oh, and yeah, um, this is this is the perfect example. It takes a village. It's kind of a it's semi original. Obviously, the songs are all handpicked from different musicals. Yeah. But it's this kind of semi original idea of stitching together a story out of those songs. So we really want to. Um, last week we were talking particularly about the the ballet with the Nutcracker coming to Port Macquarie, um, and it's it's really interesting that things like going to see a dance performance, going to see an opera, going to see a musical performance that kind of that kind of thing can be really helpful for your theatre. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's I think it's really important too in 
um, kind of a more modern sense to put together art forms into like one kind of fusion of mm. all of them because then you'll get more people coming to see and it's kind of exciting. It's not just redoing the same things over and over again. If you can make a new type of theatre with all these different art forms. Mm. Blackrock was a bit like that. I'd say so. Yeah, yeah. it was. There's there a lot of physical theatre, chorus work, mm. along with the modern story. But definitely. I think when you meld stuff together, there's always that element of intrigue. Yeah, it's something new in the audience is... It's kind of exciting. It's mm. exciting to be in too because it's not oh, very yeah. often that you get to be in a show that's physical theatre and dance and mm. like contemporary like script. Theater. What's that, that called? Script theatre? <laughs> script script theatre. Yeah. I've I forgotten the word, you know? Theatre theater tends to have a script. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for that, Jake. <laughs> that's one of the things that quite often happens. Um. In fact, I, th- I feel like I'd be concerned otherwise. We're doing non-scripted theatre. Yeah. Oh, it's just what? improv, isn't it? Like, yeah, that, that's improv. Improv? All right. Improv two, with Black Rock. Two whole hours <laughs> oh my of <God>. improv. <laughs> Get on the stage and make it up. I want to be the sloth. <laughs> <laughs> that either sounds wonderful or horrible. Only you'd, one of the two. You'd have to have some of the best improvisers Dude. on the planet. Yeah. You'd, they'd have to have worked together before, too, or they would have no idea what, what each other's styles are like or what. Or how their be. minds work, yeah. Yeah. You'd, I mean, I'd be pushing it to improvise a five-minute spiel, let alone... I start, Jesus. I start worrying that people aren't interested and start just doing crazy things like, yeah, you like this? Is this fun? <laughs> <laughs> just openly look at the audience. Is this working for you? <laughs> I mean, I'm loving it. And then you're like, it's a theatre element. I'm breaking the fourth wall. <laughs> <laughs> See, I can improvise, like, one idea. Like, my original improvised idea will be great but then it'll peter out as I just can't expand on that idea at all. It'll just end with me sitting on the edge of the stage telling puns. Oh, God. <laughs> and that's why we don't do That's <laughs> why we have scripts. Well, we might hear from... Uh, I was lucky enough on Sunday to talk to uh, a bunch of the cast and crew from It Takes a Village about their very interesting and unique show, and we'll, we'll hear what they have to say, and hopefully you'll be intrigued and go and get some tickets, and then we'll be right back with you. Oh, yeah. What Happened to Us by Isaiah. You're listening to 106.9 Tune FM, and I've been joined by some of the fantastic folks involved in the production of It Takes a Village at the Jetty Theatre in Coffs Harbour, which is coming up this week. Hello, everybody. So I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, what this production actually is. So tell us, what is It Takes a Village? So... It Takes a Village is, who wants to answer where that um, proverb comes from? It's, it's an African proverb that basically means that an entire community of people work together to help people to grow and develop from a young age to adulthood. And in our version, essentially um, the concept was created from a conversation with very young performing arts students from the ages of six to eight. And they were discussing about, they're actually talking about Trump building a wall to keep Mexicans out. And of course, at that age, they just had no concept as to why one adult was building a wall to keep out other adults that they didn't know. Um, And that just really inspired us to write this show because it, it gives that idea that, you know, children, they're, they're morally uncorrupt. They, they're just so precious and so pure with their thoughts and their morals. And as we get older, it's sort of 
the reverse of it takes a village to raise a child. It's it's the children that are that are showing the adults, um, you know, the purity of life form and and where we should be headed as as a race and as a community. Um, they're the ones teaching us, not the adults raising and teaching the children. Well, that's fantastic. Tell us what exactly can an audience member expect if they're planning on coming along to watch this show. Um. <laughs> We're all being put on the spot here. Um, so, <laughs> um, you can expect lots of kids and lots of first timers, um, and everybody's rehearsed. And it, with the concept, it takes a village. It really has become a real communi- communal thing. Um, we've got kids as young as three on the stage, and you know, adults all supporting them. So, um, on stage, you'll expect lots of singing, lots of dancing, of course, and um, also just kind of like a good general sense of. Um, Coming togetherness, I think. Yeah, sort of overcoming all those trials and tribulations that are happening in everyday life. Fantastic. Can you tell us a little bit about what the rehearsal process has been like? Because it's a little bit different to what uh, normal theatre productions we might see very regularly uh, are like. Tell us a little bit about how it might have been different for you guys putting this show on. So basically this, the kids are all students. They're all students from Naidu Performing Arts and Wugulba Dance Studio. So they learn and rehearse their scenes and their songs in their dedicated timetabled classes throughout the week. And then the 10 adult cast, our principals, they rehearse um, two to three times a week. And we've been rehearsing essentially since August, September. Um, and then, you know, only this last month, we've been able to put everyone together. So 50 students with 10, the 10 adult cast. Fantastic. Well, I think you've convinced me and hopefully you've convinced some of our listeners out there. So tell us, uh, when is it, where is it, and how can we get tickets? Jetty Theatre, Wednesday the 4th and Friday the 6th of December yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at au. It's just dot com. The Jenny Theatre website. The Jenny Theatre website. Go there. Be square. Well, fantastic. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Thank Thank you for having us. We hope to see you at the show. That was the uh, some of the wonderful people involved in It Takes a Village, which is on at the Jetty Theatre in Coffs Harbour starting on December 4th and also on December 6th. Uh, you're listening to 106.9 Tune FM. We'll get right back to the music. No, we won't. No, we won't. No, we won't. <laughs> there it is again. Yay. <laughs> Pass me has just no idea how to run a show. Oh, it's the battle of past and now. Wasn't that just like two days ago, though? That was like two days ago. <laughs> past me has no idea what he's doing. Luckily, you've got present me here as, as the host on Anthology. We have the gift of present yeah. Jake. Con- say it's such a present. Constantly improving. Beat you to it. Um, so... Uh, we'll we'll wrap it up a little bit a little bit of a lighthearted thing. So they they're gonna they're gonna be singing songs from musicals. Yeah. Tell us what what if you had to sing? Let's imagine we're at a karaoke night, and if you sing a bad karaoke song, you die. Um, oh, what what what's oh, your God. what's your musical theatre song? Oh, dude. Uh, I already, uh, yeah, do you want to do you want to go first? Because no, I, no, I know you my answer. First. I'm thinking. So I, it's it's. Oh, I think it's just generally one of my favorite songs right now. It's called "Cry for Me" from the musical called The Jersey Boys. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, oh, my God. Someone actually knows about it. <laughs> I know Jersey Boys, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a story of um, the Four Seasons and uh, Frankie Valley, And it's the introduction song to the main songwriter of the group. And it's him, like, 
introducing his idea of songwriting. You know, he it, it's not just about uh, the Beach Boys style, like four-man band. He writes about the um, the everyman and the idea of a woman. The whole thing is he's he tries to um, create a representation of what it what it feels like to be like wronged in a relationship and like you have to leave someone and then that um, that that back and forth and it's just oh it's such a good song I love it beautiful well mine's gonna be a lot less deep than that. <laughs> um, um, I am very bad at remembering song names and songs and people and faces and names and please just, just describe just the song information. No, just, I'm just, yeah. Um, so I'm going to be really basic and I'm going to say all that jazz. Oh, but, but there's a background to this. I'm going to say all that jazz because I did a dance to it <laughs> <laughs> when I was like, I don't know, it would have been like 17 or something. And it was a chair dance. So I could do like a musical number singing and dancing because mm-hmm. I can totally do that. I feel like that'd get you bonus points. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that jazz see? is such a great introduction that, song. My idea was better. <clears throat> That's fine. Was your idea better? Uh, I, I like to think so. No, I See, Je- Jesse's was like, my song is meaningful. Your song was, like, yours was like, I, I could dance. I, I dance with this song. Doesn't, doesn't disqualify the quality of all that jazz. Though. It is That's, a good song. It's I a like very it. good song. It's a good song to dance to. That's a good beat. Anyway. I think it's like one of the, I haven't done a lot of musicals, nor do I know a lot about musicals, but it's it's one of those songs that just, sums up the entire tone of that entire musical in yes. its opening number. It's like, oh, it's, it's so beautiful. fun. Clapped. Beautiful. I would probably die because I would attempt a song that's meaningful as well, but I probably couldn't hit any of the notes. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would attempt Salt Lake City from um, oh, Book of Mormon. That's a good one. Just yeah. because it's possibly the best written in terms of lyrics yeah. um, song I've been at a musical and seen. Um Shout out to most of the music from Muriel's Wedding, which is oh, yeah. still like a big surprise factor for me because I went and saw it this year and was like, wow, that musical was like a million times better than I thought it was going to be. So, yeah, yeah, shout out to that musical. Cool. Hell yeah. Look oh, up yeah. the songs on YouTube. We might go to a song. Ben's still not here. <laughs> oh, like I said, I'll the do to- a review. Yeah, the talk of Disney movies is coming. The, the it, person who can't remember anything will do a review. <laughs> I'm I'm still going to review my movie eventually. Hell yeah. Because I've got things to talk about. If Ben shows up, then he can review his as well. We'll see. We'll see if he if he bothers. <laughs> um, if not, yeah, we'll talk about Disney movies. Yes. 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 Ah, uh, I got some opinions. Did you guys like cut? Ben's breaks or something, <laughs> just so that you could deliberately. No. Nah, mate, his tendons. <laughs> his tendons. <laughs> You're listening to 106.9 Tune FM. It's December. Oh. If you catch my drift. Yeah, I, I can see where this is going. Stay tuned. Please don't leave. <laughs>
Last Christmas by Wham. I probably lost like half the listeners there. Wham. Um, Wham. They really earned that exclamation mark. Yeah. Uh, you're listening to 106.9 Tune FM's Anthology, and Ben has joined us in the studio. Yes, and I've been informed that you've been badmouthing me for the entire time I was not here. No. No way. No. Impossible. No ben, uh, we watched more movies, which we is. We did. We actually watched a lot more movies than this because we're lazy. But uh, tell us, what movie are you reviewing this week? Well, as promised from last week, I've decided to do the wonderful movie, at least in my opinion, Imaginarium, the independent fantasy film by Finnish band Nightwish, directed by Stove Harju, and written by Thomas Lopinen alongside Petri Alenko and some other well-known Finnish filmmakers, whose names unfortunately have slipped my mind, so my apologies to those people if they somehow end up ever hearing this. We do get listeners in Europe, so... That's true. There's How? A- Magic. There's a slight chance. <laughs> this man's last blog post was read by someone in Spain. Wow. Oof. I hope. I, I was kind of like, should I translate it into Spanish? Because it was like. <laughs> <laughs> Just do it for every blog post from now on. Just, okay, Spanish, Finnish, Latin. Um, <laughs> Latin. I was about to say Mexican. And then it We're was also like, getting like, people <laughs> reading it in Middle Ages England. <laughs> yes. That's just, it's just for that one guy in his basement that's trying to flex on his language skills. Exactly. Uh, yes. Well, Ben. Uh, so anyway, sorry, we got a little bit off topic there. <laughs> um, so yes, Imaginarium. It is uh, written by mainly. It is com- primarily composed by the frontman and composer of Nightwish, Mr. Thomas Lopinen, and the story is more or less about a alternate reality of his life. A uh, an old man is suffering from dementia and regresses to his childhood, um, where he relives his memories through his mind and sort of. I guess sort of fights his mind because he's obviously going through dementia to hold on to the memories of his estranged daughter who is obviously very bitter because that's how estranged relationships work and they try and uh, she tries to reconcile him at the end of the film it's very very sort of the film that most comes to mind when I watch it is Inception I realize there is a great deal of difference in regards to budget and studio production in those two films but the overarching uh, storyline of the films I guess that's sort of one I found myself thinking of the most um it's obviously a very indie film it's not very well known outside of europe uh it wasn't released cinematically anywhere outside of europe at all and it only received a blu-ray release in australia three years after the movie came out so it's obviously not well known and for people that aren't nightwish fans like myself they're probably not going to really know what this movie is overall even uh, trying to watch it from an unbiased point of view i really enjoyed it i thought the storyline was very well done the acting was Passable, obviously Ooh. for well, and it's nothing. It's nothing against the actors that they had, oh, but no. when you have such a, I mean, the film had a total budget of three point seven million dollars, and the act, most of the actors okay, yeah, were yeah. in their acting debuts. So, and, and it, there's no, there wasn't a performance where I thought, oh, that's pitiful. Um, it just what it's just what you'd expect from, you know, middle name unknown actors till up until that movie. So the acting was fine. Um, the cinematic. The cinematics, I thought it was well shot. The special effects were obviously fairly noticeable because, again, low budget. But the overall, I had a personal enjoyment factor of 10 out of 10 because it is probably my favourite film because I can't quite separate that from my my love of the band itself. But as a story, as a movie, separately, I think that if you are not a fan of the band and the band's music, you could still watch the film and enjoy it because, and this is the point I was trying to make two weeks ago when I reviewed my first film, 
rather than the band's mu- music, the album that the movie is based alongside, it's not the focal point. The music is not, say, all 13 tracks shoehorned into the movie and a plot and dialogue stitch around them. The movies, uh, the album, sorry, the music on the album is actually uh, reimagined by the composer and Petri Alenko, and it is used as a soundtrack, a proper score to the movie, and it is in the background, and it complements the film rather than trying to overpower it. So overall, I give it a 6 out of 10 for the acting, 10 out of 10 for the plot or the storyline, 8 out of 10 for the visuals, and I'm going to say a 7 out of 10. Oh, no, I'll I'll up that. I'll say 9 out of 10 for the soundtrack. I think the songs are reimagined very well. So it's probably the best movie I've seen in quite some time. I know that uh, Jake, who watched it alongside me, wasn't as uh, <laughs> wasn't as praiseful for the movie, but as jazz. I'm gonna I'm gonna refrain from saying anything because I I will fully disclose that I didn't see the ending. So maybe there were some things that kind of made more sense at the end. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> okay then. Yes, well, no, I will stand I, by. What I mean by that is, um, it's not like it's a, it's the it's not a bad ending. It's just an ending where from where you saw up to before you left. Um, it's. More or less, it continues the way you expect it to. Spoiler alert for those that haven't seen it. The old man and his daughter reconcile just before he passes away. And then she goes home and realizes that her name is actually made of the old man's two favorite notes on a keyboard. And she has a moment of, you know, heartfelt, I guess, remorse that she lost her father. And it ends on a relatively bittersweet note. That's really sad. Oof. It's not a happy movie, I'll say oh. that. It's really not a happy movie. I was fully expecting him to say that they he, he died and they never reconciled. <laughs> <laughs> no, that Dead. would be that would be a bit too and I will say as well, the actually the band themselves, all of Nightwish, the um five members at that time, they all had scenes in the movie just playing one of their songs, but it was written in well. They were oh, playing yeah. in sort of a uh, cabaret sort of dark circus scene and it was it's probably the high it's probably the best scene of the film in my opinion so no jake um you had a uh shall we say less uh less high <laughs> opinion of the film look i'm i'm not going to disparage it as a bad film i particularly it's probably the best film i've seen in a while that was made by a band um exclusively with their album music um my main criticism of it was that at times the plot seemed a little bit too um, neurotic and metaphorical for the sake of being neurotic and metaphorical, which I suppose makes a degree of sense um, when you're talking about things like dementia and it's an internal journey through that kind of thing. But I found it at times a little bit too, it, it got too lost in being clever with its um, neurotic elements and became a bit hard to follow but overall i found it relatively enjoyable it is a very artsy film i'll say that and i won't i won't say that it that it should receive you know extra points or it should receive special consideration in terms of criticism because it is a film written by a band and centered around a storyline woven into an album i think it is a film so it should be just as open to criticism as any other film and it should do it should do the exact same thing that other films do and you can't excuse it just because it's an indie film it's written on a low budget and it's written by people that don't have any experience in filmmaking and from that criteria i still think it handled itself reasonably well a damn sight better than the first uh, artist movie that i reviewed two weeks ago which was a steaming pile of horse turds (laughs) 
you had to hold yourself back there, didn't you? Uh, yeah, I did. I did. Okay. Can I ask what that was? Uh, that was K through 12 by Melanie Martinez. Oh. Tremendous oh, artist. That's a singer, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Tre- tremendous artist. Both of her albums are terrific. I very much enjoyed the first one. Loved the second one. And she released a movie to coincide with it. Um, you can hear my full thoughts if you just listen to the podcast of this show from two weeks back. But to sum it up, it was done very poorly it was 13 music videos stitched together with dialogue to make it resemble a plot it was poor it was very poorly done Mm. well then and it had a higher budget than imaginarium so suck it melanie (laughs) (laughs) well then um since you just had to bring that one back up i'll um i'll I'll try and be a little bit more positive now with my review oh god oh okay yep go on today i saw judy uh, which is the biopic of Judy Garland. If you don't know who that is, she's the star of um, The Wizard of Oz, the original film. Um, and it was directed by Rupert Gould and it stars Renee Zellweger as oh. Judy Garland. Um, I'm so pleased she's still around. Yeah. I don't know who that is. Um, Michael Gambon's in it as well, um, as well as Finn Wittrock, Jesse Buckley and Rufus Sewell. Um, I just want to say... I'm not a fan of biopics, uh, mainly because I think there's a little bit of credibility that they lose in trying to tell a real story and making it a bit too over-dramatized for the sake of making it entertaining. So um, I went in having heard very good things and still being slightly skeptical because biopics tend to be not my thing. this was remarkably well done. It was very, very well written. And I want to say Renee Zellweger's performance is exactly what everyone is saying it is. It's beautiful. She not only performs, she actually sings a number of Judy Garland's uh, well-known songs from her music career, but she also goes to some pretty um, intensely emotional places as well. Um, it's it's entirely a, a true story and it's, it was it really hit a chord with me i guess as someone studying theater because it explores the tragedy of judy garland's life in that hollywood pretty much essentially killed her um she was she became a star at 14 years old um and was contracted to a studio and pretty much didn't get a normal teenage life and um the film kind of flashes backwards and forwards between the days of her being between 14 and 16 years old and making Wizard of Oz and being a a teen celebrity and her being uh, 47 years old um, in the final year of her career before she tragically did um, pass away. It was a really powerful performance from Renee Zellweger as well because um, it encompassed all of the, the kind of things that I don't want to say they're Judy Garland's fault because they're there's obviously background issues there, but she didn't try to, the, the film didn't try to make it seem like Judy Garland was just a victim. There was definite uh, dealing with her alcoholism, her um, her drug problem, her kind of uh, dealing, the way she parented her children, um, that that kind of thing that didn't, didn't pull any punches, but at the same time managed to make you empathize with this character to the point that it, it was a real tragedy. It was, you looked at it and you, you saw what Hollywood has done to such a talented and, um, and really wonderful actress. Um, I want to give a special shout out to Darcy Shaw, 
relatively unknown actress. I've been looking at her IMDb page. Um, she's been in a couple of TV series and she's um, currently in filming for another TV series that uh, airs next year. But this is her first film role. She played the young Judy Garland and she was astonishing. She was absolutely excellent. And what saddens me a little bit is that Renee Zellweger was so good that she probably won't get the accolades that she deserves for that performance. Um, in terms of the way the film was made, it was a little bit plain in terms of um, not quite doing anything really different to most biopics. I did like the way that it flashed back and forward between uh, young and younger and older Judy Garland. And um, I did like the, the interspersing of the, the musical performances as well. There are a couple of moments that really resonated um, that I wanted to kind of bring into that point about Hollywood essentially killing uh, such a, a wonderful star. There was a, a wonderful scene done with a, uh, a television presenter who had obviously a bit of a, a gossip show and had gotten a hold of the information that Judy Garland had been through a divorce and actually lost custody of her uh, two children. And she says, there's this beautiful line uh, that she says, um, I'm Judy Garland for one hour every night. Because of course, at this time, she was doing essentially cabaret music performances in London. She said, I, I'm, I am Judy Garland for one hour every night. And for the rest of the time, I just want the same things as that, that everybody else wants, but for some reason I have a much harder time getting them, um, which was really, really powerful that, that that one hour of being just such a famous individual just sapped the rest of her life. And there's a wonderful moment towards the end of the film as well that I wanted to mention uh, just before she she's about to perform Somewhere Over the Rainbow. and. Uh, she says that it, unlike a lot of her other songs, it's not a song about getting what you want or going somewhere that you want. It's about life being uh, about walking towards a place where you have everything you want, but sometimes you just have to settle for the walking. And that was that really resonated with me as well. That kind of even in such a, a tragic film that um, was so heartbreaking in, it, in its truth as well as the way it was put together there was this lovely little heartwarming idea that not everybody gets there not everybody gets to that place somewhere over the rainbow but sometimes it's just the walking there that counts um which is which was which was truly beautiful so yeah to sum it up um very well done biopic i'm not a fan of biopics normally but I did like this one. I enjoyed it from start to finish. Renee Zellweger was excellent, and I, I do recommend it. It's not in cinemas for much longer, unfortunately. Yes. Sorry, I just wanted to um, <clears throat> I just wanted to add to the whole Ray, Renee Zellweger thing. I have not seen this film, so I can't say anything um, personally, although I do intend to in the next few days. But Renee Zellweger is the outstandingly number one favorite to pick up Best Actress at next year's Oscar ceremony for this performance. I can see that. I will. I will say after now having seen it, I can see why. She is currently her odds are a dollar fifteen. The next, the the second favorite is at six dollars something. She is more of a favorite for best actress than Joaquin Phoenix is for best actor. So Ooh, that go. says something for how powerful her performance really it's, was. It truly is powerful, and I, I highly recommend you go along and see it. And um, I'm I'm hoping to do potentially a blog post on the Tune website at some time in the future about the life of Judy Garland because. I had a I have I went after seeing the movie 
and had a big read through uh, her kind of Wikipedia biography, and it's 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 just so interesting um, if you if you think about how the how the Hollywood studio system essentially was the end of her career and ultimately the end of her life. Right from the get go, at just fourteen years old, she was already destined for that, and it's it's a real tragedy, but something that um, it's just a fascinating life that we can all learn from. Well, that's our movie reviews for the week. Ben, any idea what you're doing next week? Um, not to, uh, not at this present moment. I know I normally like to have my uh, review planned a week in advance, but things have just been sort of getting on top of me a bit this week. So I can't say for sure. We'll leave it as a bit of a surprise for next week. Um, how about yourself? I do know what I'm reviewing for next week. That's because you're prepared. I am prepared. <laughs> and uh, next week, it's going to be very exciting oh, because Christ. I am going to be reviewing a certain little movie called Frozen 2. Oh. Um, okay. I'm excited. Hey, I'm excited. I will say I liked the first Frozen until it got overdone um, and everyone was playing the songs and everyone was on about it and then I got sick of it. But I did like it. I saw the first Frozen in cinemas and enjoyed it. So I'm hoping to be able to enjoy the sequel. Well, I will say that um, I said this to you um, off radio at the end of last week's show, but I do want to um, sort of have our reviews centered around a specific theme more than just two random films going forward. So given that you're going to be doing Frozen 2, I shall be. I have decided whatever movie I do, it will be a Disney sequel. A Disney so, sequel? A Disney sequel. A specific. A specific Disney. And I should specify that, not like a Star Wars film that's now technically Disney, a, a Disney, an animated Disney sequel that are traditionally known for their... I guess subpar quality compared to the uh, original. So one film. of the straight to DVD oh, kind yeah, of definitely. sequels. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. Like, uh, Let's go Aladdin, Milo's Return levels of bad here. Al- Aladdin, oh. Milo's Return. Oh sorry, Atlantis. Bugger so me. Don't you Atlantis. disrespect my favorite Disney movie? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the first one, not Milo's Return. That was god awful. That's garbage. Uh, so okay, well that um that should be an exciting uh, few minutes next week. All right then. You are listening to one hundred six point nine Tune FM. We'll get back into the music when we come back. Rosie and Jesse are going to give us a taste of their acting talents with a cold read. In the meantime, here's a song you might recognize. (laughs) Rosie, we're going to stay on the air just so everyone can hear your shame because of that. I am not ashamed. Bad. (laughs) Your red cheeks say otherwise. My cheeks are always red. That's why I'm called Rosie. Oh, okay. (laughs) Go to the song.
dogs cry out in the night as they grow restless, longing for some solitary company. I know that I must do what's right, sure as Kilimanjaro rises like Olympus above the Serengeti. I seek to cure what's deep inside, frightened of this thing that I've Who are you? What do you want? Why am I here? Shall we? I will not be treated like this. This is an infringement of my human rights. I demand these handcuffs be removed. I demand to see a solicitor. I demand to know your name. Shall we begin number 382? I am not a number. I have a name. No, you are number 382. I have a name. You are a number. Shall we continue, number 382? Shall we continue, number 382? Perhaps it would simplify matters if I was to present you with a simple yes-no question. Shall I leave you here for 24 hours, alone, chained to that table, with neither food nor water to sit in your own excre excrement? Yes or no?
No. What was that? Number 382? No. Shall we begin again, number 457? Number 457? You said I was number 382. Good. You now acknowledge that you are a number. Now we begin to make progress. You are whatever number I say you are. You were never number 382. There was never a number 382. You have always been number 457. Numbers of themselves are meaningless. Numbers are no more than convenient labels. As convenient as a single sheet of paper. Now, a computerised file? Well, with computers, one can never be sure that all these potentially embarrassing bits and pieces have been completely erased. Can never be sure that they are not lurking in some forgotten electronic corner, waiting for an inconvenient moment to reappear. But a sheet of paper. Strike a match and it is as if it never existed. But enough chit-chat. This time we moved on to the serious matter of your crime. Crime? It was a piece of graffiti sprayed on a wall. It was far more serious than just a bit of graffiti. I have, of course, the full text of this bit of graffiti. But I'm sure you that you are the sort to have it committed to memory. It is the responsibility of a free man or woman to be a piece of grit in the smoothly functioning machinery of the state. It is the responsibility of a free man or woman to be a piece of grit in the smoothly functioning machinery of the state. Quite a mouthful, isn't it? More of a manifesto than a bit of graffiti, wouldn't you say? In fact, if you had been a bit more concise in your treacherous incitement, we may not have arrived in time to catch you at all. Treasonous? Treasonous. A deliberate and calculated attack on the social harmony upon which the stability of our society depends. A veritable incitement of terrorism. An appeal to people to exercise their own freedoms. To question, and not to just meekly accept, this is an incitement to treason. Most certainly. Bullshit! It's freedom of speech. Ah, yes. Freedom of speech. I was wondering when our little conversation would turn to a consideration of freedom of speech. And I'm sure that you would much prefer it if there was <laughs> no such thing as freedom of speech to be considered at all. On the contrary. Freedom of speech is one of the most basic of all human freedoms. And I assure you that we value and cherish it just as we value and cherish all freedoms. But... There's always that but, though, isn't there? The proviso that turns everything on its head. But freedom of speech needs to be exercised responsibly, exercised in ways that promote social harmony and not seek to disrupt it. And this is what is at the heart of your treasonous act. You would sow discontent for the system that maintains harmony and stability. Harmony? Stability? How can you say that when so many people are... When so many people are what? Poor, miserable, trapped in dead-end lives they cannot escape. The people have no place in your stable society. And this is where you are wrong. A stable society is not one in which everyone is happy and content. A stable society is a stratified society. The majority are those who have enough of what life offers and are contented with their lot. But society also needs its extremes. It needs those at the top. The haves, the rich, the privileged to feed the dreams of the majority. And it needs to have those at the bottom, the have-nots, 
to justify the smug materialism of its haves, the malcontented to justify the moral superiority of the contented. And sometimes, those at the bottom can rise up. Ah, yes, the have-not masses under the leadership of the malcontented. Once, perhaps, but not any more. Because we are the pressure valve that keeps it all contained. Because we... We! We! All this talk of we, who are you? The smoothly functioning machinery of the state, of course, of which I am small but nonetheless proud comp- component. Think of society society as a pendulum. A pendulum. When the pendulum is at rest, society is stable. But the pendulum can begin to swing to one extreme or the other. And when that happens, we are the ones who reset the pendulum. Is society becoming too complacent, too decadent? Then we move the pendulum to the right. Are the conditions becoming too harsh for those at the bottom? And then we move the pendulum to the left. And who decides what is too decadent? Who decides what is too harsh? Why, we do, of course. Who else would have the wisdom necessary to make such decisions? Of course, all this happens within the democratic framework. But like freedom of speech, democracy needs to be exercised responsibly so as to maintain social stability and harmony. So we will be there in the background, working the levers. Sometimes it can take an election or two to reset the pendulum. But we are as patient as we are wise. You're mad. That's what you are. Not mad. Merely in control. Any madness lies with you. You are the one who would incite people to begin to question the very process that maintains social stability. That's what I'm charged with. Then I'm guilty as charged. My only regret is that I didn't get to write it on a hundred walls before I was caught. That I didn't get to shout it from the rooftops. It is the responsibility of a free man or woman to be a piece of grit in the smoothly functioning machinery of the state. Thank you, number 457. It is important that you come to recognise the enormity of your crime. (laughs) Do not think you can make me resent my actions. That you can rehabilitate me. Oh, we have no interest in your rehabilitation. What we have is a situation where a piece of grit insists on lodging itself within the machinery of the state. How do you think we should deal with this piece of grit? Number 457. I have a name. You are a number. I have a name. I have a name. My name is... No longer relevant. Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Velma Kelly in an act of desperation. My sister and I had an act that couldn't flop. My sister and I were headed straight for the top. My sister and I earned a thou a week at least. Oh, sure. But my sister is now, unfortunately, deceased. Oh, I know it's sad, of course, but a fact is still a fact. And now all that remains is the remains of a perfect double Roxy, do you know you are exactly the same size as my sister? Oh, you would fit into her wardrobe perfectly. Look, (laughs) why don't I just show you some of the act, huh? Watch this. 
Now, you have to imagine this with two people. It's swell with two people. First I, drums. Then she, saxophone. Then we, together. But I can't do it alone. Then she'd. Like I'd say, ma'am, yuck, yuck, yuck. She'd say, you're the cat's meow. Then we'd wow the crowd again when she'd go. I'd go. Say, okay, fellas, keep your socks up. You ain't seen nothing yet. Rewritten. Yeah, sure. But the second part was really nifty. Okay, watch this. Then she'd. Then I'd. See? Get it? Right? I kicked really hard. Chicago in, I'd say ill. Did you get that? She'd say, turn your motor off. Ring, nang, nang, nang. I can hear them cheering still when she'd go. Say, okay, fellas, okay, we're going home. But here's a few more parting shots. And this, oh, this we did in perfect unison. Symbols, crash, crash, crash. Now you see me going through it. You can see there's nothing to it. I simply cannot do it alone. That is I Can't Do It Alone from the musical Chicago, which is coming to Melbourne very soon. Well, we've got the first of our UNE alumni interviews. They've been 
uh, a long time in the works. And uh, we're going to be doing some interviews, hopefully most weeks, with some people who uh, used to study theatre here at UNE who are out now doing great things in the world of theatre. So this is an interview with our very own Alex Evans, uh, and we'll wind down the show after that. So enjoy, and hopefully you might learn something. You're listening to 106.9 Tune FM, and I've got Alex on the line who is uh, just moved away from being a theatre student here at UNE. How are you, Alex? I'm pretty good, thanks, Jake. Thanks for having me. No worries at all. So tell us a little bit about uh, why why theatre? Where did it all start for you? Um, well, I've been doing it for about five years, so it started in, in school, like I think it does for probably most people. Um, and in, in some performances I was doing at school, I got picked up with out-of-school drama groups and it sort of snowballed from there until now I'm being paid to do it. Well, that's excellent. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your time at UNE? Fairly uh, recent, of course. What was what were the standout things about UNE's theatre program for you? I think at UNE what they, what they really have to offer is um, fantastic teachers. Uh, so you've got so much uh, industry knowledge and it's not just scholarly um, uh, teaching either. You've got uh, so many... So many, so many professors who've worked actively in the industry as actors or playwrights or directors and in, in every scene you can imagine. Um, so you, you, you get to have a lot of uh, amazing tutelage from all these people who know so much from doing it. That's excellent. Tell us a little bit about what you're up to now. So I'm just about to make the final moves on getting relocated to the city. I'm going to be working with a school touring group, so doing shows for school children in an educational and uh, sort of resilience building um, fashion. So it's really, uh, I think, wholesome. It's, it's good work to be doing. It's not all just fun and games like some, some actors it, it might appear to be. That's fantastic. And do you have any big plans for the future now that you've made that step? What's your, what's your end game? What's your goal? Uh, well, I think it's all just about making sure the next audition goes well, uh, each step of the way, you, you, you I think, get a job, um, that gets done, you find a new one to try out for, and you do your best for that one. It's very um, discreet, you know, each individual task, you've got you've to get right there, and you can't plan too far in the future, because it's hard to know what might come next. Well, thank you very much. And uh, one last question, of course, is... Uh We've got our first year theatre students will be starting in a couple of months' time. Do you have any, any advice for those guys who are, are just about to start out on this journey? <laughs> I have one piece of advice for them, and that piece of advice is read the plays. That's what you need to do. <laughs> of course. Do read the plays. I tried not doing it. It doesn't work. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us, Alex. That's all right. Thanks for having me, Jake. It's been great. No worries at all. That was Alex, who was a... a theatre student here at UNE and is now in the big smoke doing it professionally. You're listening to 106.9 Tune FM. We'll go back to the music. No, you won't. Hey. <laughs> Do that every time. Yeah, Note again. to self, next week, try and think of a different outro that works both live why, and in the show. Why don't you just cut it? Like, cut it out. Because I record it on this. Yeah. So it's it's like recorded here. Just get uh, live. Drop your voice. Like, and now back to our regular, regular scheduled programming. Should do, hey. Well, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you guys uh, a, a little bit of the floor because you were gonna talk about Disney oh movies. Oh my god! <laughs> yes, this is actually happening. <laughs> you were gonna talk I'm about so Disney happy. movies, and then Ben actually did his job and turned up. Uh, so, um, 
you know, you didn't get the opportunity. Disney movies. Tell us, tell us what's going on there. Okay, so story time. Oh, okay, here we go. We've got Disney Plus. <laughs> We've had it for a few <laughs> no. days. Um, we have watched a lot of Disney, um, including Aladdin. So let's talk about Aladdin because I love Aladdin. Okay, that, I feel like that answers a, a question. Before we get into Aladdin, because that is a deep, deep rabbit hole. Oh, it's so good. I think Rosie's favorite movie is Aladdin. Like, the, right, so it's movie? not my favorite. There's a lot of movies I like. But Aladdin is up there. Like, okay. it's just the, the songs and everything. Does Jake have a favorite Disney movie? It's a, it's 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 Aladdin. Oh, actually, it's it's pretty much a tie between Aladdin and The Emperor's New Groove. Oh, oh my God, one. The Emperor's. Can we watch The Emperor's New Groove? Yes, we can watch The Emperor's New <laughs> yes. Groove. We'll go home and okay, watch sorry, it. Sorry, this is a tangent. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am also. It's a it's a tough one. I think nostalgically, uh, Lion King is pretty far up there. But Aladdin's mm-hmm. got some really good songs, and I can greatly appreciate Beauty and the Beast. Oh, also, um, Kim Possible. Kim Possible, the, the television the, the show? show. It was a TV show. Yeah, yeah, that's still Disney because I, I know mean, that because yeah. it's on Disney it is, Plus. It is Disney, and yeah. it's just as good as I remember. <laughs> so uh, if anyone has not seen it, everyone should go watch it. It's pretty right. It's it's it takes a bit of time. It's yeah, Aladdin. <laughs> <laughs> one one TV show I have to ask about. Have you been watching any Phineas and Ferb? What's no, that? I used to watch that a lot when I was in high school. What is it? It's, okay, it's, fuck. It's newer. <laughs> Did you just swear? <laughs> I was doing so well. Oh. That took like 15 seconds to process in my mind too. I'm I was sorry. like, I had it. I was like, if I don't pull it out, will everyone just ignore it? Yeah, it's nearly nine oh, o'clock. I'll get, get away with it. Hours. I was so close. Tanya, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> Please let me come back. It's fun. Um, Phineas and Ferb's is a slightly more modern Disney yeah. show, but it was it's it's really good. The concept's oh. insane. It's essentially uh, two stepbrothers make insane contraptions every day. Because they want to, cool. the whole they want to like have the best summer vacation ever. I used to do that, but I used to make um, cardboard box planes, oh. <laughs> um, and I used to like run and jump off like hills because I had little leg holes and had cut out plane wings um, in the shape of actual plane rings from a paper plane diagram book I had. And I used to jump and think <laughs> I was legitimately going to fly around the neighborhood. I had like I was going to set up a pulley in the gum tree so I could sit in the gum tree and get mum to bring me cakes. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Um, anyhow, so Disney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think we j- the latest Disney movie we watched is Disney's Aladdin. Yes. And Jake has already said that mm-hmm. it's 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 up there for one of his favorites. I yep. would I would say uh, it's up there as one of my favorites as well. Oh, you can't you can't mention Disney's Aladdin and not immediately go to Robin Williams. Oh, he made that movie. Oh, it, it's his it's his movie. Oh yeah. It's it should be Robin Williams and Aladdin. Robin Williams <laughs> featuring Aladdin. Yeah. Robin Williams featuring Aladdin. But like genie. Aladdin is in like a tiny little word down the bottom, so it's just Robin Williams. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> design it like a design it like modern day like uh, a book covers where it's just it's just the writer, but it's a Robin Williams. Oh yeah. Oh, oh my yeah. god. God. No, do you know um do you know the story behind all the animation they did for that movie? No, I don't. So the way they got Robin Williams into this movie was actually amazing so the lead animator i think it was a lead animator i don't don't fact check me on this um but it was one of them essentially animated a a section of robin williams stand up uh, with like i think it was like a proto genie or something and sent it to him it's like hey this is what we want to do and he was immediately like oh i have to be part of this that's that's amazing that's so cool um and there's like 50 i think it's at least 15 hours of just robin williams ad-libbing that Jeez. they couldn't use for the movie 
So, so much of that movie is just Robin Williams, like, spinning off jokes from the is, script. Is the ad-libbing, like, anywhere online that people can watch? Because that would be I so cool. I don't think so. I think that's somewhere in the know. Disney vault or something. But I, I know that a lot of it was because Robin Williams, in his actual stand-up comedy, was not entirely PG. <laughs> and so, yeah, no. because he was given so much room to improvise, a lot of oh. what came out was actually yeah. inappropriate. Right. Imagine if they redid Aladdin. But all of like the genie's funny kind of moments oh, were like the non-PG improv that Robin Williams did. I would pay. I would go broke if they released that in the cinemas. I would go broke seeing oh, that movie. It'd be so oh, good. Yeah. I, oh, I'd yeah. get home and be like, I've got to see it tomorrow and or the next day. It would be like Robin Williams was like, here. <laughs> I I watched a whole lot of Mork and Mindy just because. Oh, oh, I have a good fact about Mork and Mindy. Sorry. Yeah, go do it. Okay, so. Uh, Robin Williams in Mork and Mindy had to be censored in five different languages. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, you know how um, Mork has his alien speak? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Robin Williams, as a goof, would just swear horribly oh. in, like, Russian, Scandinavian, uh, in, like, a bunch of different languages. And they didn't catch it. Uh, how long did that show run for? Because it was... Oh, ran for... Let me look it up, because it was quite a while. Yeah, because it was, like... It would have been halfway through it, so it's either a long time to be producing a show. It ran for four years. There were ninety-one episodes. Okay, so I think oh it would gosh. have been around. Two, it would have been around two years into it. Yeah, four seasons. Um, I can't remember who, why he was there, but it was someone who could speak Scandinavian or something, and he was in the room listening to them record and just heard it, and he went, "What the hell did he just say?" <laughs> 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 Told someone about it, and then he was just sitting there going like. Yeah, I've been swearing profusely. <laughs> oh, that's oh, so dear. good to get away with. They can't get him in trouble for it because oh, I, th- I ever, think everyone loved yeah. the show, so it's like they I can't think get the rid of it. The problem was some of the languages he was swearing in. The, the show was actually being shown in that country. <laughs> mm, yeah, then then you can't get away with it. Unless it's just like an accident. Like he was he was just blurting out all these random words and they just happened to formulate swear words in different languages. Like oh, completely no, he, by accident. He came out in an interview saying, no, I intentionally okay. swore in multiple <laughs> languages. So I thought it was funny. If you want more Robin Williams stuff um, and you want a more dramatic role of his, um, I'm a bit of a fan of, a bit of a fanboy for a director called Christopher Nolan. Oh, yes. And one of yeah. his early movies called Insomnia, which is actually a remake oh, okay. of a Norwegian film. Um, it's it's brilliant, but it doesn't get much recognition because it was one of his earlier ones. Uh, and it stars Robin Williams in it. No way. Um, and he does a, an excellent job as a very complex character in a more serious huh. role. It's oh, Okay, cool. He's excellent. He's, Robin Williams is really good. Yeah. Like, it's... He, he got a lot of attention for his comedy and, like, his, his fast brain. But he's such... It was, like... He was a very legitimately good actor. Oh, yeah. He was absurdly good. Uh, I think, was it... Dead Poets Society? Yeah, he was in Dead Poets Society. Yeah, that was the... Um, I think there's a scene in that movie where he's just he's just talking about his wife, like the character's wife farting in her sleep. And it's, like, it's a whole thing of, like, I think she was dead or something. And like it was, it was like this exposure like, of how intimate they were, that something so small that she would do just endeared her to him so much. And you just watch the scene and it's... You almost think like, is, did, did your wife actually do that? It's the, it's one of those moments where you go, that just it just feels real. It's, he was oh. insanely good. Yeah, Disney. Yes, Disney. <laughs> he was so good. We started this conversation on <laughs> Disney and Aladdin, and then went on a spinoff beca- because he's amazing. Because Robin Williams is just so good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh my god, uh, this the the fluidity of animation in yeah. the Disney Renaissance was just astounding. Just the, oh the expressions god. on the faces. Oh that's god. what gets me. Like they're so mm. emotive. And 
It's like they're so simple, and that's mm. why they're so emotive and good. And the attention to detail in the HD re-release is, is really, really good reason to get Disney Plus because everything is on the highest quality. Mm. You can you can see if you pay close attention in the close-ups, you can see the differentiation yeah. in line thickness on faces and stuff. We're just plugging Disney Plus at this point. Oh, God, like, so look, I'm not far off getting it. <laughs> Uh, I wouldn't do like, it. It's, I wouldn't say you know you, you got to have it for a year, but I think it's definitely worth it to have it for a month. Have it's it for like, a month to like rewatch all of the classics. Pretty much. Mm, I am saving money to go overseas, but I will probably be trying to get my hands on some Disney Plus at some if point. If not, you said you're going to Queensland, right? Uh, I'm going to Queensland next week. Is it like yeah. a just a fun holiday deal? Yeah, just just a holiday off. I was with say, just, just come over to us for a day and we'll watch. Yeah. Disney Plus for a whole day. Hell's yeah. Let's do it. I now know my plans. Man. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm 100% down for this. I have nothing else to do. Yes, please. Let's do it. No, it's a got to... Oh. All right, what, what about this? What about a favorite song from Aladdin? Uh, oh, it's, okay. Uh, it's got to be Friend Like Me. Really? Okay. Yeah. Really? Um, I always forget the names of the songs, but the there's like two that I really like. There's the Whole New World one. That's actually the name of the song. Yes. Oh, yes. A whole new world. That one, and the one where Aladdin's introduced, where it's all like fun and like. Ahead uh, um, of the something, I, like it's. It's it's the it's the introduction to Aladdin yeah. though, so it's like one, the second song in the whole movie. Jump ahead or something. Yeah, yeah. Like one that. jump ahead. It's oh, that's I think it, that for me, it's uh, that's a different combination of it's a friend like me and one jump ahead. Yeah. I I sang that song so much as a little child because mm. it was it, it it sounds nice. But it was just so much like I want to be Aladdin. <laughs> it's like so fun. Like you want to get up and like dance or like do something with it. Mm. Can we give a special mention to Prince Ali? Oh, okay, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a wonderful. Okay, now oh, it's stuck man. in my head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm experiencing a real problem right now because because of the whole Disney thing with live actions. Uh, of course, and yeah. it's, mm. it's it could, just because Aladdin was the most recent one they've done. Oh, sorry. Um, no, oh, yeah, the most it? recent one. Yeah, it'd yeah, be it's, the most it's recent. The most recent one they've done. So there were. The, the songs for the live action were floating around quite a lot. Mm. So I, I want to gush about Prince Ali. But, but the live it, it, action like, one. But like, it, but like in a way that compares it to the live action one, I guess? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think, because even coming at it now, even watching it just uh, last night, is there such, such scale to that song? Mm. It comes in and it feels massive. Can I just say, regardless of the quality of the live action Aladdin, I feel really sorry for Will Smith. Oh, my God. Because regardless of how good or bad that movie turned out, he was he was the one with his head on the chopping block for oh, it. 100%. Because yeah. if it turned out anywhere underneath the par set by the original, he was going to be the guy that tried to fill Robin Williams' shoes and exactly. failed. Well, I think there was, no, there was no success for him in that movie. No. Well, even if, even if that... If that live action hit all the right beats and was just you guys like oh my god why have they never made this in live action before you'd still look at will smith and go but he's but not he, robin williams but he wasn't yeah. robin williams like yeah. you'd always look at him and be like that's just not as good like mm. it's it's not as it he'd yeah. have to have something up up his sleeve which is astounding but i do know i am a little critical of him because i do know it can be done because the aladdin stage musical oh yes yeah. they changed the genie's character just enough that he can still be yeah. He can still steal the show, yeah. but be different enough that you don't go, but it's not Robin Williams. Yeah. Well, I think the um, if we're talking about that live action, it did take a step in the right direction mm. where they changed. A lot of the music changes in that movie because Will Smith is in it. Yeah. You know, a lot of it's more R&B sort of rappy with how, it, with how it's sung and paced. No, I just can't get Wild Wild West out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like, because that was, that was his thing. 
it just it just wasn't far enough. Like, you know, it's you could see that Will Smith was trying to be a Will Smith genie, but also live up to the Robin Williams genie. At that point, you should be like, just do your own thing. Yeah, and it, do it, your own thing and hope and hope it's good enough. Yeah, because you're destined to fail. Exactly. I mean, Ooh, well, that's, that's what, harsh. That's what Robin Williams did. He was just like, if you if you're trying to feel, especially since they did it so soon as yeah. well. Oh my god, yeah. it's it came out. This year, which is what, like 25 years after the original Aladdin. And it's gonna, most people excited about it are going to be like people our age, actually, who. Well, I grew up with Aladdin. Yeah, you grew up with Aladdin. It's, it's, it's still very, it's not current, but it's still very new, relatively. So it's, it, Robin Williams is too fresh in everybody's memory for people to, for Will Smith to be able to not be in the shadow of that legacy. 100%. Yeah. Well, there you go. We've 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 heard all about our disappointment <laughs> in the live action Aladdin. Um, that counts as a movie review, I think, Ben. We'll fill uh, that yes. one in. <laughs> well, you've been listening to Anthology on one hundred six point nine Tune FM. I've been uh, joined by Rosie and Jesse. Pleasure to have you guys. Yeah. And um, thank you for listening. Podcast will be up hopefully soon. Join us next week. Um, I think what we're planning to do next week is um, I'm actually going to be away in oh. Queensland. But there is still going to be an anthology, and we're going to be doing a Queensland special where we're going to be doing an anthology directed at all of our online listeners who live up that way um, and what theatre is going on in Brisbane, the Gold Coast, around regional Queensland and all that sort of stuff. And um, we'll have all the usual stuff like uh, movie reviews and that sort of thing as well. So that's what's going on for Volume 4. Catch you all next week at the same time. Cheerio, everybody. Bye. Let's finish with a bang as we always do. Good old banger.